You're listening to Bellwether's podcast with Matthews Joseph. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Bellwether's podcast today. And today we have Joe Matthew with us. And uh, if, if you guys are listening from India or especially from Kerala, you guys don't need a special introduction to Joe Matthew. But to all our other audiences, Joe Matthew is the founder of R12. And he has been a missionary since 1994. That's like 25 years leading teams and doing camps all around different parts of the world. And he's right now, he's been with, with, with Para Church and now he uh, for almost 23 years. And now he's jumped into on team with Kingdom City India. So I know that's a lot about a uh, lot, lot about Joe Matthew, but it is just amazing about him and Thank you so much, Joe Matthew, for being here with us. It's an absolute pleasure and a great joy and a great honor. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Um, I know this has been a while since you've been wanting to have a chat. And um, to all who are watching or listening, yes, my name is Joe and I'm on team in Kingdom City. And it's such a privilege and a pleasure to be with you guys. And I hope that I can share from my life and uh, make a difference in areas that you're looking at. Yeah, so uh, Joe, why don't you just like t- talk about, t- tell a bit about yourself in a couple of sentences, you know, just like, you know, in a couple of minutes so that people can know what you do. I mean, just expanding on what I just said. So, well, in in in, in the present day context of um, youth and Christian work and church, um, well, I, um, I, I'm born in a Christian family uh, and uh, raised in one. And um, I moved to Kerala when I was in college. I was brought up in Bangalore before that. And um, yes, I spent a good chunk of my wonderful life serving as a missionary with Para. Um, I was um, a musician and I did quite a few other things. Yeah, like you said, camps and all of that. So a good chunk of my life, 2017, stepped down from Para to start R12. And R12 did a lot of work, pretty much the same kind of work with young people, camps, a support and development organization that actually helped build curriculum, run camps, do a lot of that stuff. In 2020, we had the great privilege of finding what we've been looking for uh, almost forever. <laughs> and that was what we're doing right now on team with Kingdom City. And um, so that's my brief history. I'm married with one wife. Um, and, it's <laughs> Betsy. and I have three wonderful daughters and one golden retriever. So that's six of us in one house, just enjoying ourselves in lockdown. Um, Betsy helps me in the ministry that I do. So with my kids, Jessica is in is 16. Irene is uh, 12 and Isabel is eight. And our golden retriever is Hazel and she's four years old. So that's my introduction. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yes, that's a lot. You know, that, that's a lot of stuff. You know, family leadership uh, and all all your history, brief history, and like in you know, two sentences. I know that was a challenge, probably. But that I think that's one of the greatest challenges that I given to you to tell your history in two 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 sentences. But yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, explore more of of your life. You know, all your experiences, and I think people who who are going to listen to this ep- episode. Uh, maybe today or maybe six months from now or, or or maybe a year from down down the lane when they can learn a lot from this conversation that we are about to have. So yes, let's just jump into the questions. Uh, and you know, I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a great session, especially for me, because I think I'm, I'm gonna learn a lot from you today. So uh, here's my first question to you. Uh, how can leaders promote a sense of belonging within their team? So this is a question to leaders, but I would just look at it. Um, holistically, like on an overview, 
how would uh, how can leaders promote a sense of belonging? Well, um, the first thing with the team is um, if you're not a team, you don't belong. <laughs> so the first thing that leaders have to do with with a team is to let the people in that team know that this is a team, because we are all brought up with a leader and his subordinates. It's not a team. A team is when there are different different aspects of the team. Like, for example, uh, let's take football. Not everybody's a center forward. Not everybody's a goalkeeper. Not everybody plays extreme or, uh, I mean, right, or, you know, different positions in football. There's a coach as well, and then there are people who, who carry stuff. I mean, a team is basically multiple roles put together. So if you really want people to belong, you start by explaining that this is a team. This is a, there's a lot of dynamics. And within that, one of the first things I think, and, and, and this is just for all of you who are listening, huge shifts happened in my brain. Okay, like, okay, Matthew introduced me as somebody who's been serving the Lord for the last 25 years. But let me tell you, the last one year has been like, it's been a paradigm shift for me, okay? So I'm sharing from my point of change and not so much from my point of experience, okay? Um, one of the first things that we need to do is we need to build a culture of honor where whether you're the chap who is going to bring a bottle of water for the team, I'm, I'm going to use a football team as the example, or whether you're the guy who, who cleans up the, the, uh, the dressing room and washes the uniforms or whether you're center forward, you're the captain of the team or the coach or whatever. The sense of honor that is there is very important because you know what happens is when we build a team so often, there's a lot of brotherhood that we bring. Hey man, machan, machan. Hey man, hi Matthew, you're my, my team, bro. You know, there's, there's, uh, that's not, that's not honor. We, we try to, we try to play it down by being good friends. But let me tell you something. When you build a team, Jesus had the one, he had the three, he had the 12, he had the 70, he had the multitudes. There is, there is something about a team. And uh, I would say that, you know, when you build a team, one of the first things you need to teach them is a healthy tension between um, instruction and initiative. This is something that I just learned, okay? Now, what happens is you can have a team, you can have a lot of people taking a lot of instruction, right? I'm going to give you a lot of instruction. You're going to take a lot of instruction. And you can, you, I mean, it's, 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 it's wonderful to have people who can follow instruction, who can obey you. Hey, Matthew, I want you to pick this thing up, take it over there, do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give you some instructions and you can obey. Great. But in this team, if I really want you to belong, if you, if I don't give you opportunity to have initiative, which is, uh, which is ownership, how will you belong to something if you don't own it? Like, you know, if I walk into this place and they say, uh, hey, uh, you know, who does this belong to? Unless you own it, you're not going to say it's mine, right? <laughs> See what I'm trying to say? So if you really want your team to feel in there, I'm going to pick up something over here and say, uh, hey, whose is this? And you're going to say it's mine. How do you know? It's because there's a sense of ownership that you have on this thing, right? So, and, 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 and sometimes there are people who own everything, but they can't take instruction. So if you really want your team to belong and follow and be a disciple in that area, in that sense, it's, it's important to teach them this, this healthy tension. It's like a guitar. You need to have the right tension on those strings. They're going to bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? I'm a musician, so uh, it goes without saying. And, uh, and, and, and the other thing that I learned was 
uh, three simple things that you can bring into your team. One is to be intentional. So if you're just hanging out there in your team, man, you'll never belong. If you really want to bring that in, if you want to bring a sense of belonging, you have to teach them intentionality. If I'm the janitor in your team, bro, if I don't have, if I'm not intentional about my work and all I'm doing is cleaning, right? All I'm doing, I mean, you're talking about church building and you have people, I mean, this is a Christian forum. You have guys coming and say, can you stack the chairs for me? Oh, like I'm in the worship team. I don't do chairs, <laughs> you know? So, so what happens is they've lost it. You've lost your team. So if you can teach them to be intentional, if you can teach them to be relational, and if you can teach them to be reciprocal, there will be belonging in that team. Wow. It's like, it's like we've all seen those FBI movies. You got me. Yeah, I got you. You know, you see someone covering somebody's back and then this guy runs across, right? We've all seen that. And if you really want a team to function and belong, they need to have these dynamics. If they're not intentional about what they're doing, oh man, very soon they'll lose their belonging in the team. If they're not relational about, see, for example, there's a leader. And I'm, I'm saying this from my experience. If you get familiarity into your system, you will lose belonging. Belonging has so much of honor and respect, and that's how we belong. So I think I've said too much about that, but that I would like to just close by saying, getting a sense of belonging is, it's a team effort. You just can't buy a sense of belonging. That's why when something goes wrong, they say, man, I don't belong here because they don't fit. And those dynamics are what I just shared with you. I hope that makes sense. Well, that's, that's, that's just too much information <laughs> for what I just asked. But I think that was just amazing, you know, initiative and instruction. And also the three things, intentional, relational, and being reciprocal. And I think that just sums it up. You know, that's pretty much what you, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, it gives us a pretty good picture of what yeah. a belonging costs. I work, in a, I work in a team today. And I incorporated these things into my life. And I feel like I belong. I, when, I, when I say I feel like I belong, I, I don't mean it's a feeling. I know that that sense of belonging that I have is because of these changes and these things that I've incorporated. Wow, that's that's just superb and amazing. That's just like mind blowing. So I'm just like still growing, uh, going over the facts what he just said. It is just super amazing. I think I'm gonna be the first person to listen to this podcast and you know go ahead and really? do these things. I think I need to write these down, but yeah, I'll go back and do that first thing. All right, so let's just jump on to our next question. Uh, so it's more like from your time of doing camps. So during your tenure of doing camps, what were some of the most challenging situations that you faced? Yeah. So when it comes to biggest challenges that I've faced while camping, just to let you guys know, and for whoever is watching me, uh, there are distinct seasons of my life, right? So what I'm going to share is challenges that, see, it's, it's been years uh, since we've done camps. Eh? One for one, 2020, everybody knows we've been camping at home, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, R12 did camps from 2017 to 19. Two and a half years, uh, end of 2017, August of 2017 to 2020, Jan was the camps we did. And before that thing from 94 till 2017, I did camps with Para. So when you're asking me, what are my challenges? I'm going to go back to see while I was a camper, while I was camp boss, while I was running camps, what did I encounter personally in my life and with teams? Yeah. So one of the personal things that I had was a, 
one of the big challenges is a clash and vision. Now we all do camps and I'm going to say, okay, Matthew, let's run a camp. We're going to run a camp. But within us in our team or when it comes to how we run it, if there's a vision behind the camp without understanding that vision, we're going to clash. And the challenges that come is it would just be an event. It will just be a time when people just come together. Great music. People will come and preach. There'll be ministry and everybody is gone and everybody knows the camp for the camp. But the vision of the camp is to empower people, is to disciple people, is to take that forward. If you're not able to understand that from the organization perspective, you have challenges. So personally for me, uh, you know, I had that. And, and one of the things I did once once I moved into R12 was I did a lot of camps. I mean, we did about, about, about 46 to 47 camps in about 29 months. I mean, we were just doing it left, right, and center. We were traveling the country. We were going all over. One of the first things I did was I spent a lot of time, a lot of time with... Uh, um, the team that was building it and understanding what needed to happen and uh, trying to put those things together. So going back to my other challenges was where empowering was there without any equipping. Okay. So what happens is when you, when you have a, when you're running a camp, we know how it's done. Okay. Where there's very few people and there are too many, too many campers are coming. It's like what a hundred, 200 people are going to come. And then we have like a team of 20 people that are doing it. So what happens is, so often it's somebody's availability or somebody's proximity to me, or it is somebody's enthusiasm that I see and I put them straight up, right? That was a big challenge for me. I went ahead and I hired people I shouldn't have hired. I went ahead and gave responsibilities to people that I shouldn't have. I mean, I towards the latter part of my life when I suffered. And, and where people are empowered before they are equipped. Today, I've turned it all around. I still do the same amount of equipping. I mean, the same amount of empowering. I mean, I just need to know you for like a week and you can run one of my camps. But I've made it so huge on equipping you with the right tools, right from the way you speak to what you use, to what technology you use, to what, what equipment you use, everything. So, you know, challenges like that would be where I have empowered people or, or given responsibilities before I was able to give instruction. I have given... Uh, empowering without giving it equipping. These are things that that I felt I had challenges while I was camping. The other things would have been the the you know uh, the challenge of um, um, of cultural challenge because um, you know we have uh, a very evolving culture today. I mean, my kids don't tell anyone the kind of music they listen to. <laughs> today's worship music i mean i i find it very very difficult i mean I, you know so the the whole passing of of time the culture of youth uh you you're getting older i used to have a mane full of hair and now i just have a small little ponytail left so as as in my camping what happened was the the challenge of evolving because i always thought that you know you you're solid and nothing can change you. If you want, you come to me. I don't come to you, you know? So those were challenges that I had. I, I ran some of the camps like that. Hey, man, wait a minute. We're playing three calls, rock and roll songs. You want to, you you know? So those kind of things. So those were some of the challenges. I think that's 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 a lot, but, you know, I think you just, you just put it up in a very nice way. I mean, you know, you just put it up in a very casual way. And I think something that you just said, empower and equipping, that's, that one just hit me because I just want to go over that once again because... 
I mean, I think uh, that's one of the main reasons. Like, you know, if you actually see for camps, like even in the US, we call it conferences. People call it conferences. And, you know, it's like a three-day camp kind of thing. And they'll go to different places in Florida or in California where they have three-day events and everything. What happens is like, you know, they, they come there, every, everybody preaches, everybody everybody enjoys it, that they, they go home. So, you know, it's it's they, they, they come one way and they go the same way. You know, it's not, they're, they're empowered, but the, the empowerment lasts only for like three days or the tenure of the camp and you know they don't go back equipped they go they don't go back to their home in, in an empowered day maybe they do but after two days they go back into the same cycle of life again you know and one thing that i've noted like most people say with para, para camps or the camps that you guys have done all around all around this time is like you know the equipment you know once once you go there you know there's like a sense of there's a particular sense of equipping that 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 holds on to that particular person who attends that and you know that actually propels them to do something different in their life and i think that's what is needed in today's you know camps or conferences when people do that i mean don't just i mean i think people need to understand that it's not just something that's like a three-day event that you need to do it's something more than that it's it's i mean if if the tenure might be three days but the result must be for a lifetime and i think that's once that concept comes in or once that 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 mindset comes in i think that's going to change the whole thing so my 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 answer was was more for a team but in the sense like where, where the challenges that i faced was of course campus what you're saying is campus it applies it applies completely interestingly you know uh, the vision statement for the church i work for now is to connect to equip and to empower and it's in that it's in that form. So when you're looking at a camp, the challenge to get people for three days and impact them forever is huge. You cannot do that without the help of the Holy Spirit guiding you as to how, what, where, who to call in, what team to put together, and take it forward. I hope that helps. Yep, that that that's just amazing, and that was like spot on. So I'm just going to jump into our next question. And I think for uh, this is like the question that you're looking forward to the most. And, uh, and you know, for our conversation before this recording, but, you know, and I'm looking forward to the answers. And I think most people are because this, this, this particular question is one of the most asked questions by leaders all around the world. And I believe this is one of the, one of the most, I think this is, this is one of the most important questions that I would, I would have asked myself or I would have asked any person who has come on this podcast who are training young leaders. So here we go. Uh, how can we invest in young teenage leaders to groom them to be better leaders of tomorrow? You know, so here again, I'm saying, if I'm going to put a team together now, if I'm going to get a bunch of teenage leaders now, and I'm going to groom them, or I'm going to help them, what would I do, right? One of the first things that I would do is I would help them to recognize free will. You're going to ask me, what is that? Okay. Now, so often we pick, okay, let me just say Matthew. I'm going to use you as an example, right? Sure, please. And uh, here you are, you've taken media and, you know, you you want to get all this thing done and, and, and so somebody's going to equip you or help you and groom you. Uh, you have your talents, you have all of that. And uh, let's say that you're going to join me or my team. And if I really want you to groom you well, if I really want you to learn everything that I know, one of the first things that I would teach you is free will. It's got its consequences and all that. 
Jesus didn't force anybody to follow him. He just said, follow. He called them and they followed. Okay. So normally when we have teams and we build leaders, we want to see, oh, he's very talented. And, you know, you want to make sure that you tie these people to yourselves and they die in your arms. No, 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 no. You really want to groom leaders. Then the ability to dispatch them after you train them should be with you in the beginning and you must be able to teach them that in the beginning. Hey, listen, you are doing this and you are following this and you're picking this thing up as your free will. And you're willing to, you're willing to be a part of this thing when it's time to, you know, so so don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that I just give people the right to do whatever they want. That's not what I meant. I meant like if you're going to join an organization, you're going to join a church, you're going to do, join something. As a leader, you know that somebody is with you for a period of time and it's your job to equip them. You're talking, the question is particularly in grooming young leaders for tomorrow. So if I gave you the opportunity to choose to be with me, Tomorrow, when you leave and you go and you start your own organization, you start your own whatever, you do your own camps, the people that you hire, you would have the ability to hold them loosely because your responsibility was to train them and not to marry them, right? So this is like one of the first things I would tell people as you groom young leaders, groom them to dispatch them and send them into the world. That's what Jesus did himself. The second thing would be, and this is something, these, are, these are all things that I'm just, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just falling down on my lap, learning from my leaders and is to communicate with vision, right? So often we communicate not with vision, we communicate with power. Because again, everything's about young leaders and grooming them. Okay, if you're not able to hand over vision to you, it's going to be very difficult. They're just going to follow you as servants or slaves and not as sons. Telling somebody, for example, and this is this is something my senior leader used as an example when he was teaching us this thing. And he said, you know, if you want to get somebody to lay the bricks down, just tell them, lay the bricks down. And they'll do it for you. But if you tell them, hey, Matthew, can you help me build a wall? They're going to lay those bricks down, but with vision and heart. And some of the things that we do as leaders when we hire these teams we make sure that there's so much of familiarity with them that we hardly give them instruction and we hardly communicate with vision. We need to make sure that when we groom young leaders, that we communicate with that desire where they are able to see their purpose, they're able to see their uh, involvement, they're able to see that, that size of the puzzle that they are. Instead of telling everybody, hey, come on, come on, guys, we're gonna fix this, we're gonna do the puzzle. And you know how it is when, when we are doing puzzles, right? I've seen my daughters do it. Everybody's doing something or the other. They just want to get that puzzle done, right? But if you're able to communicate with vision and not just with your authority, you will be able to teach them a huge lesson when they move out. Otherwise, man, I'm telling you, they, they're, going to, they're going to do what they learned, right? They're going to, they're going to uh, follow what, what you've, you've handed down. And the other thing would be something that I learned of late to do was not to be a micromanager, but to be a micro inspector. And let me let me let me let me explain that. Eh? 
as leaders, when you're grooming young leaders, we are such control freaks, I'm telling you. We micromanage them okay. to the core. And so where is empowering them? You work, you've equipped them so much. You've taught them how to use whatever they want. All the time, you're using it. Show me how to show me how to get it. It's like, you know, um, this, this is a nice one. I was teaching my, my, my second daughter is very interesting. And uh, I was teaching her to grade carrots, right? So, you know, you have the grade edge. It's, got, grader, really sharp, yeah. Yeah, it's got really sharp, dangerous stuff on it. I'm grading it. I taught her how to do it. When she started, I said, you not like that, like this, like that, like this, like this. And then she was like, uh, why don't you just do it? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, 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 and I'm just using that as a simple example. The better thing for me to do was to stand there and to watch her, stand there and to help her. And I much rather inspect the work she's doing as a supervisor because I taught her something. I, you, can you see me do it? Now you do it. That's a great way to teach someone. Not like, okay, you got my, you got my uh, brief, read it, do it. Come back and shout at them as, hey man, what are you doing? So one of the things that I've noticed is I've started, I'm not micromanaging people anymore. You teach them, you hand that over, but you micro-inspect it. You call, so if you're grooming young leaders, you build a system by which you audit their work. On a weekly basis, you, I mean, you call them over. How is it going on with your podcast, uh, Matthew? You've learned how to do this. Are you able to do that? How are you marketing it? How are you uh, you passing it on? How are you, you know, how are you recording? What, what, what's the kind of equipment do you... You know, it's like, I'm just using a simple example, but if I'm able to micro-inspect what you're doing or examine what you're doing, rather than micromanage and control what you're doing, I'll be able to groom a great, a better leader. Um, so often we empower without accountability. Teaching young leaders to be accountable and the accountability one to the Lord so that their personal lives and what they do matters. And the other thing is to teach them what accountability is. Accountability is not coming and telling you everything I did. That's not accountability. See, accountability is coming and giving an account for what I did. But so often what happens is we don't teach our young people what vulnerability is. And to be vulnerable is actually to come and be a part of your life where I'm actually opening myself up so that you can speak into my life. What's the point empowering somebody and asking them to be accountable without teaching them to be vulnerable? So that's another thing that I would focus on now with young leaders would be to teach them the teach them vulnerability, teach them accountability, and empower them as I do that. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, <laughs> we empower without equipping. Man, I suffered that. I mean, especially the the latter few years of my life, man. Uh, in my previous season was was horrific because I was heading one way. Uh, the team was heading in another way. I mean, it was it was crazy. Today, when I look at it, it was it was my fault. It was I I am to blame because I empowered people without equipping them. I got I got green tickets and green lights for people. I mean, I would have been able to handle a lot of my confusion my last few years in 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 my previous season. Uh, with people and with, with my team and everything like that, if I was able to equip them a proper way and teach them accountability and teach them, you know, all this, all these other things that I just shared. 
Um, another thing, and I think I'll, I'll land this plane by saying that is uh, you teach them um, to lead as they follow. See, every, the best leaders are the best followers. Yeah, yeah. I, I truly think that if you're grooming young leaders, you teach them uh, as they follow you, you teach them to lead their areas. Definitely. And then they have people that they're under them. So that whole system of, of uh, following as, as you teach and teaching as you follow um, is something, you know, when I was in, in, in youth, youth with the mission, uh, we did a class on submission and authority. And I wanted to know that because I had a problem submitting and, um, and I like to be, I was an authority, you know, I was, I was a leader and all of that. And then this gentleman uh, came up and he said, submission is an authority and authority is in submission. And that's it. He killed me. You know, uh, I mean, so, so that would be something I would definitely teach. Uh, I would get older leaders to groom younger leaders um, just your availability, just your proximity, and just your enthusiasm is not enough. I think uh, I'm glad that you brought this one up, the following part, because I mean, I think over the last two, three episodes, we've been going over this thing because everybody who is coming in, uh, I've been talking about, you know, following, because, you know, if you want to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. And, you know, I think uh, if you want to look at the, one, of the, I think one of the best examples in the Bible is Peter, because Peter was a good follower. That's why he could become a good leader. And of course he had his downside. He had, he had his issues and all those things, but still he followed Jesus. I and mean, uh, he was one of the three most favorite of Jesus disciples and he was there with him in every step of the way and that actually enabled him to become a better leader of the first church and i think the best leaders are the best followers and without without doubt period and i think that's like that's something that should sink in and people need to understand and if you want to have if you want to be a good leader then you got to be a good follower and who are you following that's a big question because i i I asked this question um at the beginning of this year 2021 started and i asked this question because in this little leadership era and this is one thing that god asked uh, i mean i had a conversation with jesus and i had a conversation with god is this is it who are you following are you following those leaders are, are you following jesus and i think that has a big thing to uh, to do with it because are you following Jesus or are you following someone who's who's speaking? If you're not following Jesus, then you're not following the right leader. And I think that's 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 leadership is like that's a, that's a hitting part, you know. That's when you know sometimes God gives you like a big knack on your head, you know, kind of like hits you on the back kind of thing. You know, you get those things, and this was one of them. It's like, who are you following, Matthews? And that was like a good question. And I was like, okay, I think I need to realize, realign, and re investigate who I am following and that and I, I had I started thinking and that this I, I I love when God does stuff like this and I think you know I think these like these kind of encounters that we have and I think that's like that's that's so so sweet and you know I mean it's better at the beginning but when you when you really understand what that thing is you understand yes I mean at the end of the day the fault is with us I mean you know because Jesus is never with fault and it's always going to be something on us and he doesn't disown us because we are a, we have a flaw he still owns us and he says, you know, that's fine, son. You know, you can still become a better leader. And I think that's what God wants us to be. Every single one of his children to be better leader. And I, I believe everybody has a capacity to leadership. Everybody has a potential to leadership and, you know, just need to explore that. Wow. Very true. Very true. Uh, Question, you know, uh, people always ask is, are you, are you influenced? Or are you influencing? <laughs> and it depends uh, uh, on who's uh, following. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. That that's definitely true. And another thing, what you just said, and I, I think I really like that part when you said, you know, uh, there's two things. You know, either you can go, hey son, go lay the bricks, or hey son, come help me build the wall. And I think that is a totally great perspective because uh, when it comes to vision, I think one of the best people. I, I really love the story of Nehemiah in the Bible because that is like, oh, yeah. I think that that is like. if you want to know about a vision and how nehemiah builds a vision i think that's like the best best example of a vision that you can find in the bible because nehemiah is getting a mission from god he gets a vision from god to to defend jerusalem and he and all things works out in his favor and you know and he goes there and he does not just like go say hey let's just lay the bricks and build a wall no he has a plan he has a definitive plan he goes to the elders of the church he goes to the leaders and he says and this is the plan and he gets all of them together and he builds them up and i think that is like you know when he just said walls i mean whenever i hear walls this is like the first thing that comes to my mind okay nehemiah and the wall because that is to me it is so amazing because the, the more i read this book i mean i I mean I don't know how many people who are listening has read the book of Nehemiah but if you are not read it I encourage you to go ahead and read it <laughs> because it is the most amazing I think it is one of the most amazing books in the bible because if you want to build a vision if you're a leader I think you should definitely read Nehemiah and all all followers of Jesus are supposed to be leaders so yeah there's there's no exception you got to read it and I think that you know about building the wall that so structure the structure about it the the planning every single thing that Nehemiah does is is that is that carrying i mean we see that that vision is exactly from god you know it doesn't it's not from a, it's not a manly vision it's a godly vision and i think that makes a huge difference and the way that the writer writes it it's just amazing and how the holy spirit inspires the person to write every verse it is it is it's so amazing you know uh, the vision that that particular person god has from being a cupbearer to becoming the leader of a city it's just amazing and wow. i think Yeah we're almost done with this session and uh it's been a bit over the time but I think you know that's a lot of leadership insights and I think the people who are listening to this just go ahead and listen to it once more because I'm pretty sure you might have missed something or the other and do take a notepad and write, write these things down because this could be life changing for you and and I want to thank Joe Matthew for being here with us for sharing all his insights all his wonderful ideas all his wonderful challenges all his wonderful experiences to enlighten us and you know to become as better leaders after our thank you so much Joe Matthew you're welcome god bless you guys and hope to see you all sometime and uh thank you so much yeah so thank you guys so much for listening and make sure you guys you guys hit the subscribe button all the links to Joe Matthew's instagram and his profiles everything is down there in the description go ahead check him out if you want to talk to him go hit him up he is a super i think he's one of the most super friendly persons i mean he he might be a big deal guy with a, with a, he's he's a, he's a camp boss and everything but still he's one of the most humble people that you will ever meet so yeah go ahead hit him up he's just amazing and thanks again guys thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for our next episode thank you for listening to bellwether's podcast if you loved this episode do not forget to share and subscribe also we would really appreciate if you could leave a review thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode